welcome to 15 Minutes of Game, an improvised podcast about improv because the internet needed another one. I'm Matt. And I'm Brian. And Matt and I are both performers and teachers with the CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. And we're going to try and explain improv comedy concepts to you in 15 minutes or less. From the moment the podcast starts, which means the clock is already running. Because if we can't explain something in 15 minutes, we'll never be able to explain it. Normally, we both know the concept ahead of time, and we just discuss it live on the episode, but tonight is something different, so there's a good chance, very good chance, we're going to disagree. So sit back for the next 14 minutes and 18 seconds as we talk about as many topics as possible. That's right. We asked out on Facebook and other places if there was any suggestions that uh, folks would like us to cover. Um, we recorded a couple episodes already, and now we're going to try to rip through as many of these topics as we possibly can. Uh, it's going to be terrible. So Matt, uh, awesome. how about you? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It'll be awesome. All right. Luckily, I talk fast. So Matt, you pick the first one for me, I think, and then we'll, yeah, I guess you can add stuff too. We did not plan this. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk, I want you to talk about, uh, how to be the best straight man possible and what a straight man is. Great. So first off, uh, allow me to say I have been working very hard to remove the words straight man from my improv vocabulary. Uh, I took a workshop with yes. the great Terry Withers down in Baltimore, who was a, fr- I'm, I don't know if he invented it, but I heard him use it first. The voice of reason. Uh, yes. I and I appreciate that, that is, as well. I mean, obviously it's much more, it's less, you know, sexist than all that and it, make sure it's not just a dude telling people what to do. But I think it makes more sense because you are the voice of reason in that scene. You are allowed to say what in real life you're thinking. If mm-hmm. uh, Matt, you were sitting in front of me and you took all the food off the table and threw it on the floor, I'd probably be silent and confused if I was a voice of reason. Matt, that's an unusual thing you did there. Normally you keep the food on the table. You're allowed to point out the obvious weird thing and just frame it all up for everybody. That's my number one tip yeah. for being a great voice of reason. What do you think? So when you're, I think that's awesome. So when you're being a voice of reason, um, are you allowed to be funny? Oh my God. Yeah, totally. I mean, some of the best comedic voices are voices of reason. Um, think about uh, the movie, uh, oh no, oh no, I'm sexist. Uh, League of Their Adam Own. Costello. <laughs> League, League of Their, of their, their Own. own. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, Tom Hanks, although in that movie is a fall down drunk, he's the voice of reason. He's just yelling out like exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, sexist <laughs> and drunk, but like, he is pointing out the kind of the off-kilter reality in that movie. Yeah, I like to think of it as like um, the person who sets up the other, sets up the comedic character yeah. as well. Yeah, all those old-timey trope, uh, sorry, comedy duos, Abbott and Costello, so forth, mm-hmm. uh, Gracie and George, yeah. there's always a voice of reason. Awesome, okay, yeah. I think we nailed that one. Um, Perfect. Matt, you work professionally in theater. So I would love to know your thoughts on acting and how it relates to improv. Oh, acting is so important in improv. Um, You all, you can do so much with your emotional reality. And if you act uh, as though your character really cares about something, Mm -hmm. you know, you absolutely love it. You absolutely hate it. You absolutely... um, are terrified by it and it makes you the most happy or turned on like you can play so much with uh your body and your emotions and just like act the hell out of something Uh and if you're acting the audience will forgive you for not being the most clever yeah um Hmm. acting will also 
give you the opportunity to take a second and think about your next line, which will inherently make you more clever. So if you're doing physicality and you're like, oh man, uh, I'm gonna, I'm running away from home and I, I've packed all of my belongings in the world into this backpack, then that backpack is probably heavy as heck. <laughs> and if you're going to pick that thing up, act like it's heavy. That backpack has weight to it. It's not just an inanimate, it's not just air. Right. Um, and if you care about something, show it. Don't use the same voice all the time. Like, use vocal inflections like you do in real life. You're allowed to, and it's so much more fun. Yeah, I, I've never really taken an acting class. I've done a play here and there, but I've noticed those who have, uh, my fiance is a theater major and has done acting in plays. There's small things you notice, like just projecting your voice. I think they understand or have a innate ability for pace where they are mm-hmm. on stage. Like some of those like raw materials that mm-hmm. I have to fake <laughs> or certainly got to learn <laughs> on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Uh, Nailed it. Done. What, Next. <laughs> what would be your improv superpower and what's something that you think is missing from your improv superpower kit? Okay. So you want me to brag about my superpower and then a power I wish I had. Yes. Um, oh man, I think I'm told I'm a good voice of reason, but I think when I play with people I'm comfortable with, I think my superpower in that case would be taking a big swing, but within the frame of the scene or the game. Okay. Um, a power I wish I had was like never ending patience. Like, I wish I had the self-control to stay in the back line. This is an exaggeration, but if a scene, sorry, if a set is 20 minutes, it would be so cool not to step off for like 18 minutes and just deliver exactly what the team needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we call him 80% Brian. <laughs> um, same question to you. Oh, okay. Um, I think my superpower is that I am more physical than people anticipate. Yeah, Matt is uh, surprisingly athletic. Uh, yes. So, like, I can do more, like, physical acting than I think people expect. I'm kind of like, I love Chris Farley, mm-hmm. and I sort of, like, try strive to be, like, you know, I'm never going to be Chris Farley, but, like, I strive to be as physically funny as he is, and hopefully my wit can keep up with me somehow. Um a superpower that I wish that I had is uh, I wish that I could create a why behind my characters um, more effectively and actually like stick to it. Uh, One of the things that drives me crazy is that my characters, like I, I could walk out of a, you know, a, a a full length horror movie and be like, I don't know why my character did any of the stuff that they just did. Um, And I just, I wish like when I see, you know, some people play and it's like, Oh, I know exactly why their character is doing what it is. And like exactly what their philosophy is. I'm so jealous. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to tweak this one and then we'll move on. I'm going to also say what I think your superpower is. Uh, I think you are selfless in that. Even if we have a very good idea, if someone else says something that slaughters and you could tell your team's excited, you have no problem. I'm dumping my idea because we're playing this one. <laughs> uh, I think that your superpower, one of your underrated superpowers, is you're always willing to jump in to help 
um, if a scene is floundering and jump out once it takes off again. I love me some support, man. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I think I am up. I'm going to combine a couple because they're two similar okay. topics. These are all coming from Facebook. This is from both Becca Thompson and David Zabore. Becca was asking how to do more with less. And then David mentioned you know, how to be, econ- I'm going to say how to be economic in improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it a try, Matt. Yeah. So, um, I love scenes that are silent. Uh, we have an all teams night at CT and, um, one night a year and it's just for the team, the house teams. Uh, and la- I think it was last year. Um, one of the teams did a silent scene and they said literally no words uh-huh. and it was amazing. <laughs> it was one of the best improv scenes I've ever seen nothing was said not a single word and it was just like physicality and like body motion and like you know using your face and using your body and like just indicating things Mm -hmm. and it made the audience make choices for the characters and it it was just like oh it was just like french kiss perfect yeah uh i mean uh french cook kiss not like if, if people listening want to see a great example of this, there's an old sketch with Steve Martin and Gilda Radner called Dancing in the Dark. Go check that out. Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way to accomplish that uh, practice, um, be the biggest thing is like when you're initiating, um, say a line and stop talking. Yeah. It just takes a lot of control, um, in particular when you're on stage in a show because adrenaline is running. And mm-hmm. silence is can be a little terrifying. Yes. So yeah, it's, but it's trust if it. you sit, sorry, hmm? I said just trust that you'll you'll be fine. Yes. Um, and the benefit of just saying a line and stopping talking is that your scene partner knows what part to react to. If you say a line that has seventy six different parts to it, your scene partner has no idea which thing is fun or weird. Or they like lose track of what was fun or weird in the middle of your epic monologue. Agreed. All right, I think we nailed that. Knocked that yeah. one out. Um, how uh, how do you set goals for yourself or for your team? Yeah, oh, that's that's so good. Um, and I think sometimes I get away from this, but I try to set goals certainly when I'm rehearsing with the team or when I go into a class. Um, okay. And it could be something a little more selfish, like I want to work on this, you know, still with helping other people out and being a good scene partner. Um, so I do as much goal setting and accomplishments, not accomplishments, you try to see what I can accomplish for rehearsals and classes. <laughs> but when it comes to a show, I might have one in my back pocket, but if I don't get to it and the scene's going well and everyone's having fun, I, um, I don't lose too much sleep over it. So maybe it would be, I have a goal for class and rehearsals. And I'll give you an example. I might have a target for this show and maybe I'll miss, but it's fine. Someone else will hit the shot. Um, so I love that. uh, I took, um, I took a two prov course with uh, my fiance, Helena. And I think my goal there was to back off a little bit and be a little less wordy. Mm -hmm. Don't know if I did it or not, but that was my goal for each practice and each rehearsal and each class. Hmm. What about you? Cool. Um, I love to set goals for, uh, again, classes and rehearsals. Um, I also, uh, use goals if I get stuck in my head and I'm not having fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I will use a goal 
that has nothing to do with improv and often will like uh you know be totally random to the scene like in this scene you have to reference something from uh, a james joyce novel or like you know this in this uh in this show i want to um i want to pat uh every uh player on the back at least once <laughs> in a scene like you know set a goal that has nothing to do with the show and is just like totally controllable by myself and i don't have to worry about doing good improv uh-huh. and i can still hit that goal and usually if i do that and I set like a totally random goal for myself, I wind up doing better improv. Oh, that's fun. Especially if I'm like in my head. So it's kind of like rattling your keys so you remember to, I don't know, walk fast. I can't think of a good one. I've seen that. Um, do all these weird superstitions so you remember how to hit a baseball. That's yeah. cool. Okay, um, next one from David Zabore. If a scene were a budget, how would you budget your scene? I don't understand what that question Either means. Neither do I. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. What if there is no game in the scene? Now the, That's from Tom Muchler. Yeah, Tom Muchler mentioned that. We have mentioned something similar, so I'm going to cheat. Uh, I think that's where signposting from a previous episode comes in well, because one, maybe there is a game, you just missed it, so just mm-hmm. say it. Um, the other thing is, if you've done your work, again, from a previous episode, mm-hmm. and you've done your work and you know what's going on and who's who, you could probably take a a hit, take a big swing, and yeah, generate a big fun. swing. But that, that's uh, my also opinion. Just, you might have something different. Yeah, care more. Uh, if you care more and you're you have a big emotional reaction, you'll find something fun about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be like if there's no game and the pattern is like, um, you know, oh we're all out of cheese. It's oh okay. Well, I'll just grab goldfish. Oh, we're all <laughs> out of goldfish. All right. Well, I'll grab you know whatever the next thing is, and then you just like start caring and somebody can have a reaction to the fact that you care so deeply that we're all out of Tostitos. Interesting. Okay. Um, Matt, what do you do before a show to kind of warm up uh, individually, not as a team to get ready for a show? Um, Sure. I, uh, it depends. I like to shake out. Um, Like, you know, I will jump up and down and shake out just by myself. Um, I really like talking to my teammates just like not like structured warm-ups, but just like talking to get a sense of where their head space is. Interesting. What about you? Uh, I just remind myself on the team and more in my head, not selfishly, but I'm like, we're going to kill tonight. So for sure, I'm like, we're going out to slaughter. Whether it happens yeah. or not, don't know. That's time. So. Oh, that's 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. We nailed them. Cleaned out, uh, cleaned out a lot of topics. I think we realized we don't need 15 minutes, Matt. We could see. <laughs> I still disagree. I think this was super fun. But I think we are very surface level on a lot of things. Yeah, and we do have, uh, well, two things. We have some other topics that we're going to discuss in our This is true. This is fun, our 15-minute form. And we <laughs> might touch on some of these again in the future because they're part of a, a larger concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know Voice of Reason is going to come up for me again. So. Oh, yeah, I certainly hope so. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Sweet, but that was way fun. Uh, so fun. Uh, do all of the podcast things, um, like, rate, review, whatever. Yeah. Spotify, uh, Apple, we're, uh, we launch from Anchor FM. Yeah. Um, we love it. We're really this having fun. Dope. Yeah, this has been such a great, um, you know, 
break from the real world. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that you enjoy this too. Uh, if you do, tell somebody and, you know, maybe they can listen on as well. Um, hope to see you all in the real world. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.